0: Hi everyone welcome back to another episode of louisiana ladies my name is melissa Torito, and i am the creator and host of this podcast i am joined each episode by two fabulous ladies first we have laney edelman our outstanding self-taught podcast producer and i'm also joined by kate cook our very enthusiastic unpaid co-host All right, guys, we are back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and this is uh, Melissa here today. I was not here for last week. She's back. <laughs> uh, we don't have our other co-hosts, so we've been tag teaming. Uh, our schedules have been kind of crazy, so Kate is not with us today. Uh, we are recording this on Zoom just to let everyone know, but we do have a lovely guest, Leah Frederick. Hi, Leah. Hi, guys. And Leah is with Stork, and I can't wait to hear about all the services that you guys uh, provide. So we really appreciate you being here. Um yeah, happy to
1: be here with y'all.
0: Yeah, I always start off with the most basics of basic questions, and that is, where are you from?
1: I am from Baton Rouge, born and raised. So I, I was there until I got engaged in 2012.
0: Okay. And yep. now and this you've relocated to Austin, correct? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So okay. now I've been in Austin ever since, um, but my roots are in Baton Rouge. I go back home all the time. So I feel, I still call Baton Rouge home. So we'll say like, we're going home, you know, and they're like, isn't home Austin? I'm like, oh no, it's Baton Rouge
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> home
1: for me. So
2: yeah. yeah, I've only been to Austin maybe once or twice. You've been there, right? Yeah. No. My brother lives in Austin. So I try to go yeah. at least once a year, but it's a pretty easy trip from Baton Rouge.
1: Yeah. If you have a connection in Austin, it's fun. It's a fun place to go and visit. Yeah, so. it
0: really is fun. I think I went, I went for like a conference or a mini conference, and then we went to some bar and they played 80s music and it was super fun. So <laughs> yeah, I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Leah, let's kind of talk. So did you go to LSU? Like
1: I went to um our late, I went to Southeastern and then okay. when I transferred over to um our Lady of the Lake at the time, I think they changed their name to Franciscan Ministries or, or whatever. Um, but that's where I went to nursing school. Um, and then I actually got into LSU for grad school. And then um, I went to orientation and everything. And then my husband proposed and he was like, and i move into Austin. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up starting Stork
0: soon after that.
1: And I never did go to LSU or back to college. So,
0: okay. So you graduated in nursing and I, I do not know anything about how those, um I'm going to say credentials, because that's what we say in our CPA world, but so you're yeah. a registered nurse. Are you an RN? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so you started Stork. Mm-hmm. There's got to be, give us some background yep. information. So like, where did it okay. come from? And then I want to talk about all the stuff that you guys do. Sure. Well, I've always been super
1: passionate about pregnancy and babies since I was a little kid. Um, even like at the grocery store, I would like get lost and follow around all the pregnant ladies. And my mom would be like, I just have to find the pregnant women. And that's where my daughter is going to be. And so I went to nursing school specifically knowing I wanted to take care of babies and moms. And so right after I graduated, I was super lucky enough to get a position at Auctioner and mother baby. So I worked in mother baby um, at Auctioner, starting out and then um i was doing a ton of nights and really kind of wanted to transition to more of like a daytime position so i worked in um i did some pediatric work at pediatric cardiology in Baton Rouge so i got like the office experience and the hospital experience and then um soon after working um for pediatric cardiology that's when uh, my husband proposed and we moved to austin And so after moving to Austin, I wanted to get back into mother baby because that's just where my heart really was. Um, And so I worked mother baby for. I think like two years in the hospital here and and then I left the hospital and started working for a birthing center. And I was the nurse that did all the in-home visits. So after you have your baby, you go home shortly after that. Um, And so I was the one that would come within 24-ish hours, um, 24 to 36 hours, and do their full assessment, check on baby and mom. Um, But the problem working in the hospital was that like all my patients, I mean, I would say 75% would say, can you just come home with me? Um, And I was just like, no, I can't. And one day I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I could come home with you. I could totally do that. Um, and so that's kind of when the idea of stork kind of emerged. And I was, I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go home with these families, and I'm gonna help them transition. They're so anxious leaving the hospital. They're a lot of these new moms don't feel confident, and don't know, they don't feel like they know what they're doing. And as a nurse, I wasn't really able to give them all the education that they needed to prepare them for going home. Um, And so that's why I started education um, prenatally to be able to do that um, privately in in clients' homes at first so that they could get that one-on-one attention. And then I would go in their home as a doula and support them through the night, help them learn about feedings and what's normal and their emotions and you know, all the things that go down. Um, if y'all have kids and you remember the stuff um, that comes up, you know, when you get home from after having a baby. And well, so,
0: yeah. Uh, Laney and I do not have children. Lainey. So, oh, okay. It's like a great <laughs> I'm sure episode. you've heard about it all. <laughs> oh, oh, we, I have, I have heard. Yes. No, but this is a great episode for me because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I got a lot of questions about this yeah. that I want to dig into. So, yeah. okay. So when you said, When you said you were working in mother baby, is that like, I feel like, you know, some hospitals, your labor and delivery is mother baby after the delivery, or is that you have patients and you're watching them like, I don't know, kind of (laughs) like. So mother baby, um, every hospital is a little bit different, but I
1: would go, so, in Louisiana, I would wait until the babies after birth, about four hours later, they would come to me. And then I would I would have them on the postpartum floor. They were out of labor and delivery. They didn't need to be in transition or anything over there. Um, and then in Austin, I would actually attend... Like the end of deliveries or right after baby was born, they would call me and say baby was just born and the labor and delivery nurses were like, and I don't know what to do with babies. So, you know, I do the, I do the, Mm -hmm. the laboring part. And so I would show up and, and basically do everything from that moment right after baby was born um, and then bring them over to, to the nursery or to mom's postpartum room. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Mm -hmm. you're taking care of the baby and the mom, or are you specifically taking care of the mom when she has the baby in her room?
1: (laughs) So I'm taking care of, so the mom and the baby are both my patients. So I'm technically two patients. The baby is one and the mom is one. So every time I'm doing assessments on the mom, I'm doing assessments on the baby. If something's going on with the baby, I'm taking care of baby and if something's going on with mom. I'm taking care of mom in Baton Rouge they actually don't have a nursery um it's baby basically stays in mom's room and then in Austin they did yeah they had a nursery there but yeah in Baton Rouge at Auctioner, it's just um it's called mother baby cuz you're taking care of the mom and the baby but it it's not they don't have like a nursery where you bring babies and do all their assessments there and then bring them all back to the mom you do everything in the room with the mom which i really like although i know some moms are like i need a break can you bring the baby to the nursery and we'd be like we don't have
0: one. Well, <laughs> didn't there used to be a nursery? I mean, I feel like when I was younger, we would go see babies in the nursery. Not an
1: afternoon, but at women's. That's where you okay. would have gone. And okay. women's,
0: yeah, yeah, they do. So, okay. yeah, I'd probably be that mom. I'd be like, oh, I need to sleep because I'm not going to sleep for the rest of my life, please. <laughs> exactly.
1: Like I want to bond and snuggle and then, you know, and everybody's so different. and And I don't judge any mom because, you know, it's a big transition and whatever you need to do is what you need to do,
0: you know? Okay. So you, you did that and you got experience with that. And it sounds like it's definitely a passion of yours. And so then you started Stork and Stork, but, but you mentioned a doula and I've always been like very fascinated by this doula concept, clear. I mean, I'm never going to experience it, but still it's fascinating. So I guess just like when you first started Stork, what, what were the main services you were providing at that point? And then what has it kind of evolved into? yeah, so
1: when I first started Stork, I was mainly focused on Doula work and lactation. so i I was just had so much experience with lactation um as a nurse helping moms with you know breastfeeding so what i did early on like back in 2013 or 14 i think i went and got my certified lactation counselor certification so that i could have more you know basically recognition although i knew a lot of the stuff um and so that's where we started with it was just lactation and then birth and postpartum support um and and we also did classes so i would teach newborn prep and cpr and um, i soon hired somebody to teach like childbirth education so that's what we started with. so
0: those but those classes were while they were in um I'm gonna say prenatal god I hope that's right yes, but while prenatal. they were pregnant okay so yes. okay and so that's kind of preparing for birth and then you guys I would assume um when you said that people wanted to take you home is because yeah they were probably a little nervous like my dad always joked that and I know I know you're focusing on the mom, but my dad said like the day I was born was the most nervous day of his life because he was like, I have to take this breathing thing home and take yeah. care of it. I don't really know exactly, even though we have human instinct. He's like, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. So well, so. Cool. I-
1: yeah. The cool thing about doulas is that we support the dad too. Okay. So that's the cool part. So like in birth, we're support where you would think that we're just supporting the mom, but we're, we're actually also supporting the dad so that he can help mom. And then once you bring baby home, a doula supports the whole family. So they're not just like a night nanny that just takes care of the baby. They're like making sure dad's doing okay. Do you want to talk about the birth? Do you want to learn some soothing techniques? Cause you don't know what you're doing, you know? Um, do you want to wear baby? Like whatever, you know, we're that. So we really do help those nervous dads too, which is really fun. I love that part.
0: Is the doula, the part of the role the doula, you do, you're there during labor, right? Mm -hmm. About this. And to most people, the reason why they hire a doula is so that they can maybe give birth in their home and not a hospital or yeah,
2: is,
1: I love that you're asking me this because I it's so interesting. The different um, so I had a, a client in Baton Rouge reach out to me yesterday and she was like, So, like a doula, you know, so like you're gonna basically be like in my home if I give birth, and like she basically thought I would like we would be wearing like beads and like real earthy skirts and you know, all of that, and um, no, I think maybe like years and years and years ago, maybe when doulas were kind of getting their reputation started and everything, Uh they, they probably did more of the natural birthing like in homes. But nowadays, um, there are a lot less people having home births. And we do like 95% in the hospital. Okay. uh, and then in the birth center, we really rarely ever do a home birth. And I think that's just because the midwives are there with you the whole time. And what else are they going to be doing while you're in labor? You know, they're,
0: what's the difference between a doula and a midwife?
1: So a midwife is actually, um, a midwife actually has, um, a master's degree and they're clinical, like they're, they're kind of like on the same level as like a nurse practitioner, okay. If you will. And okay. so they have to have the knowledge to actually deliver a baby. If there's trauma, they have they're the ones that are like doing everything with mom and baby if if it's needed. Whereas a doula is just providing emotional and physical support, um, so keeping mom comfortable, like you know, lots of massage and pressure and you know, tell reminding her of her affirmations, like you've got this and, and all of that, you know, um, that's what a doula is there for. To Do you, ever get, yelled at? On trash. Do you uh, ever
0: get yelled at? Like I would be an angry flavoring person. Do you ever get yelled at? You think at?
1: that, but, um, uh, it's funny. Usually the like real quiet ones are like kind of mean. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the ones that are like, kind of like you know, like me, like I'm real talkative and like, I can set a boundary and everything. And like, I'm definitely more quiet and like needing to focus. Um, but yeah, I I think maybe like once ever, but it was just, it wasn't like yelling, like they do like maybe with their husbands sometimes, but I always tell them like, I'm not going to take anything personally. You can call me anything you want. You can say whatever you want. I think in my, in my last birth, I told my midwife, I think I was like, I hate you. Like, I was
0: just like, I hate you so much.
1: Um, But I don't really, you just say things, you know? So, but yeah, I have been, I think I have been once.
0: Okay. I just, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just because I've seen TV shows. I haven't experienced (laughs) it myself. I always used to joke with my husband, like, even though we weren't going to have kids, I'm like, if we did, I would be mad at you the entire time. This is partly your fault. Um, So the reason why I was asking about the home is because I, Do not know this person at all. It's somebody I follow on Instagram, but she, she went to, it wasn't her home. It was like an actual birthing center, but they sent her home, like her back to her house four hours after birth.
1: Yeah. That's what I did too. I had all of mine in a birth center. Okay. and That's how the birth center of Baton Rouge is too. You can go home after four hours. And so. Is that scary? for me, it wasn't because I'm a nurse. So it, for me, it was like, I know what to do if, you know, things go wonky or whatever. (laughs) Um, and I've seen so many, and like I said, I worked in the birth center. And so it's not, things go, things go weird a lot less than they go well. You know what I mean? They, they don't always get get crazy. So, um, I wasn't that nervous, but yeah, I, I have clients that do and that's where our postpartum doulas, we actually um like kind of partner with the birth center in Baton Rouge where if you're kind of nervous about going home after 4 hours, usually they give you up to 12 hours, but if you want to go home early, then you can hire a postpartum doula like one of us in Baton Rouge. We're almost all registered nurses and nurse practitioners. So have somebody that you can hire to come stay in your home with you, you know, all day, all night, day and night until you kind of feel like you're you've gotten the swing of things. And so that's that's what our role is as a postpartum doula. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, because I mean, I just like again, I'm like, okay, so you go home after four hours. So then like, if you just back up time, like five hours before that, you didn't have a baby and then you have a baby. And then now you're going home with this teeny tiny baby. Not that like two days would make a difference in the hospital. I don't know, just mentally. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, and then like all the things that uh, I have heard that your body goes through after you give birth. I mean, it's a lot, right. They used to do it back, back in the day. Right. In like a field. (laughs) <laughs> right
1: so I mean but yeah I think that's why the the doulas have such a important role in helping that transition to be less anxiety ridden you know and like in and more of like a, a time to remember and less anxious and you know because we're there we're just we're there we're like it's like oh we're here you know we're here to help you if you're confused about breastfeeding because we're all trained in it if you want to bottle feed we can help teach you about that you know we're if you want to sleep tonight, you can sleep tonight, you know, we can do whatever it is to make that beautiful, you know, that transition as beautiful as possible.
0: So, and about how long do you guys, or I guess it it, does, it just depend on how long you guys, I'm going to say stick around, but how long after the birth and the mom and dad go home, do you, you know, mm -hmm, do they want you? Like, I I would probably be like, um, you're never leaving. I'm sorry. Like you're (laughs) You're going to watch the child until he's 18.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Every, every family is so different. You know, I would say the majority of the time it's a, it's at least six weeks. We do have people sometimes that are like, maybe feeling like they're getting some postpartum depression or anxiety and they really just need that relief, um, which I'm super passionate about. And so we'll just you whatever you need, if you need us to just come for a night so you can get a, get some solid sleep and kind of get your head clear a little bit. We'll do that. Um, most families do six weeks. We have some, we have a client right now. I think we're going on past 12 weeks. Usually it's about 12 weeks now around 16 weeks. There's like a big, um, regression sleep wise. And so a lot of times families will like call us back and be like, would y'all just come back and help me get baby kind of out of this regression, help them, you know, help basically help them get sleep. So we do do that. But yeah, I would say most families do at least six weeks, eight weeks, often, sometimes longer, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and then they like, they want to keep us, they want to keep the doulas. And I've had multiple families ask if they can just have them like as their nanny. And so that's how we got into doing customized nanny searches.
0: Yeah. So I noticed that on here. So kind of tell me, so somebody, you know, they, they have a, a need or an interest in that. And so, as opposed to them, I guess going on, I don't know, I feel like there's a website you can go on. I don't know what it's like. Nanny's not really, I gonna <laughs> think Craigslist, but I don't know about that. Care.com so, <laughs> not com not they, no, I thought there was like a specific like website you could search for nanny. I, you know, like
2: care.com. Or- yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. one. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that you
0: guys do the searching and like the background checking and, yeah. you know, the credential checking and all that kind of stuff. And then, then maybe send the nanny to an interview with your client. Exactly. Okay. Yep. That's okay. what we do.
1: We do the background checks, all the interviewing. Um We do social media scanning, kind of see what's going on on their social media pages and um, and then, yeah, we we basically are matchmakers and recruiters combined together. So if you think of a matchmaker, like finding you your partner and a recruiter, finding somebody to like work for a company, we're mm-hmm. finding somebody to work as an employee for a family and we're matchmakers because we get to know the intimate details of a family their criteria their personality their lifestyle and we also get to know all the nannies and kind of what they're looking for too because we really want the nanny to be happy and the family and that's what makes a good match and that's what keeps people around for a long time and so our searches are usually they usually take three to four weeks but we ask for six weeks so because it's an actual you know you wouldn't want somebody to find you your partner for life. Um, or even a long-term boyfriend in like a few days, you know, if they went searching. You want somebody to take their time and really, really look. And so that's what we do. And we do it's all customized based on the needs of the family.
0: Okay. And do some of these nannies live with the families? Um, not in
1: Baton Rouge. Okay. Yeah, not in Baton Rouge. In other locations, yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um you also, you guys also um you kind of alluded to this, but Um, You said that lately, I've also been getting a lot of requests or been doing a lot of lactation consultations. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do feel like so, you know, I'm not completely ignorant to all of this. I do have five nephews. So I've seen my sister and my sister in law you know, um, clearly didn't go through it, but struggle a little bit on the breastfeeding. And I feel like, um, you know, if I were to put myself in that particular, in those shoes, and, and I do feel like as women, one of the most frustrating things is whenever like something is not working out like it's supposed to be, especially like with our body. So it's like, you know, we have, we've kind of talked about this a little bit on the podcast, just, um, you know, women that struggle with infertility and there's such an emotional toll because it's like, what? Like, I I mean, if I was that, I'd be like, this is what my, this is what my body's supposed to do. Especially I've had countless friends that They go to the doctor and the doctors are like, or they go to a fertility specialist and they're like, well, we can't necessarily like pinpoint exactly what's going on. So that's like emotional, stressful, frustrating, distracting. And so I kind of feel like it's the same thing. You know, you've been, you've given birth and now the baby will not latch on or you're yeah. not producing the milk that you need to be producing, you know, all of these right. things. So, you know, when it comes to a lactation consultation, I'm assuming you guys are kind of looking at some of the history and the health of the mom. I mean, I guess yeah. just like y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of it is calming someone down. Honestly, yeah. Probably.
1: Well, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because um, you really you hit the nail on the head because breastfeeding when a mom is struggling, it is a, it is a like grieving process. It's like, you thought it was gonna be this romantic thing and just this bond and it was just gonna feel right. And um, so a lot of times when moms call us for the first time, a lot of times they're just in tears. Like, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Like, I don't even know, do I need you to come or am I just gonna give up or, you know? And so um, we, we do, we go to their homes, we can go in their homes or we have a clinic space in my sister's office. And um, we get their history, we really want to know about the birth, because if baby was in a funny position, a lot of times, that's why they're fussy at the breast on one side, you know, it's like, they'll do fine on this side. And then on this side, they're just screaming and crying. And so that history is so important. I'm very impressed that you knew that. Um, And Yeah. Getting to know the history, getting to know, um, you know, exactly what's going on. Like, is it perceived that you think baby's not getting enough? So we bring a scale and we do a pre and post feed Mm -hmm. to make sure like, this is exactly, you know, to the 10th of an ounce, like how much baby got at the breast. And a lot of times that gives mom so much, you know, hope that, you know, she's doing everything right. Because sometimes it's that she has an oversupply and she actually thought that something else was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, that maybe she didn't have enough milk. And it's like, no, you have a lot of milk. Baby's crying because he's getting too much too fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, um, But yeah, we we do an oral assessment. We check baby's mouth to see if there's anything anatomical going on in there. Uh, we ask mom about her breast history. Has her breasts changed during her pregnancy at all? Um, because there's factors um, in, in her own genetics that could affect breastfeeding for sure um you know emotions you know where is she at emotionally is she feeling extremely stressed and all those factors um play into how that experience is going to look and that's something that we can help with even just coming and holding their hand and breathing with them and then they're let they're they're let down there it is it's like see you know sometimes maybe you had a fight with your husband I don't know and you're just stressed out and you had a baby and you didn't sleep and you know your partner just doesn't get it. I don't know. And sometimes just having somebody there and you're like, you know, helps on the way or we're here and you're okay. Um, all of a sudden every it's like, we'll go to a visit and be like, everything's great. You know, um, it's just needing to remind them that, you know, your body is created to do this and it's okay to ask for help you know, and you're not failing, you're not failing. You know, I'm a lactation specialist. My business partner um, in Austin is a a board certified lactation consultant. And I mean, she called me crying many times and she's a board certified, you know, it's just, we all struggle.
0: Well, that's because we're women and everything is supposed to work out exactly like how we imagine. And we are supposed to be able to control every situation. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's so good to come in and be like, you know, just save these moms from themselves. Well, you, that's know? Not,
0: that's so not you know, that's what it's like. Like you probably like just probably the second somebody from you or your team walks into the door, it's they're probably just instantly relieved. It's kind of like. When you are having something going on and you go to the doctor, and this do- the doctor tells you way more than what Google can tell you, by the way, yes. just don't go yeah. down. And, I just right. went down a Google rabbit hole on something, and my doctor's do like, Don't do that ever again, Melissa. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, So, I mean, I just like, just like this kind of gives me the warm and fuzzies just because it's there is such a need for it, you know, when you think about like after. And I mean, I would assume again, you know, when somebody's on their like second or third or, or, you know, I've had had multiple children, they, they, you kind of know maybe what to expect a little bit more, but I just don't know. Uh, Like we had, um, well, I I don't know if we talked about how Maggie had her baby. Oh yes. So Maggie Maggie was our co-host for a while and actually worked at the firm and she just had her first and cute. Cutest little. Oh, I do want to go ahead and put it out on the podcast. Sorry, Leah. Okay, uh, did not find out the sex, and every single person said that it was a boy. And I stood.
2: Didn't I say it was a girl? No, you oh. didn't. No, I'm just picking. <laughs> anyway. I feel like at the end oh. I was on your. Yeah, you were on girl. Team
0: Melissa, but like literally, I was at her baby shower, and her entire family's like, "No, that's a boy. She's carrying whatever." And I'm like, I just have a feeling that it is a girl. And good golly, it was a girl. I love being right, but. Oh. Yeah, little girl named Vivian. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) she, um, but she was just telling me not to, you know, she just said, you know, the recovery was something that she had like read books about and stuff like that. And so uh, I like that you put, you know, that one piece of advice is the earlier you start planning for birth and postpartum recovery, the better. And I would think that because women are so excited that they're pregnant, especially for the first, and I'm not trying to diminish the second or third, but like, I'm not kidding you. My mom, I'm one of three. And I remember when my mom went into labor with my brother and my dad, like my dad had to bring us to my grandmother's and he dropped my mom off and she just kind of waddled into the hospital and checked <laughs> you her. You she's, she's walking around the next day. I'm like, mom. Are you okay? So, I mean, my point is that I think the first, you know, you're just so excited and you get so much attention and you're feeling the baby move that I could see like how this is super valuable advice that you don't, I mean, like you're not going to necessarily know exactly what happens, but I do think there's a, there's definitely a lot of benefit um, to preparing for all of that, like soon. It prevents so much anxiety. I mean,
1: think of it being prepared for anything. I mean, it's like going on an airplane for the, for anything you want to prepare yourself. What is it going to be like? What's it going to feel like? Um, what do I need to bring on the airplane with me? Chewing gum, like headphones. It's just like anything you've never done before. It's a yeah. huge transition, right? Um, getting married, you know, you got to take those those classes, right, or whatever. It's, it's important. It's a huge transition. And the more prepared that you are, the more you can enjoy it, and the less anxious you're going to be, yeah. you know, and, and I will say even after having a second baby, if they're close in age, and you don't have like a six year old going off to, you know first grade and with a new baby,
0: mm, that's true. You don't
1: get to sleep during the day like you used to. The first time it's like, okay, when baby sleeps, I'm gonna just go lay down. Nope, it's like, oh, wait, there's the two year old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, a lot of people actually hire postpartum doulas a lot the second time, yeah. Too. I didn't
0: think about like, that. yeah.
1: Uh, what do I do, I thought I was gonna sleep and they're not gonna let me sleep, and so yeah. Yeah, but I love what you said about just showing up when somebody's struggling with breastfeeding and it's just like, oh, there they are. Cause that's what it's like at in your birth too. Because if you go to someone's birth, you know you don't know your doctor's gonna be there. Right. Because it rotates. So when your doula shows up. And you're uncomfortable and like your doctor's not going to go squeeze your hips for you. And your doctor's not going to be doting on you and giving you ice chip.
0: You know what I mean? Now and they're just nurse, trying to get that baby out of you. Right.
1: And your nurse has like six other patients or three or whatever. And they they can't just stay with you. So when your doula is there, it's just like, it's, it's just a sense of total peace. And you can't get a baby out of your pelvic, pelvis if you're tense. So when you have a doula, it's just like, oh.
0: Yeah, I didn't she's think here. about.
1: here, she's here, yeah, I can relax now, you know,
0: like when and you it, go to the, your annual and they're like, just relax. And I'm like, oh, right. you're about to put something in me. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say, especially if you don't know necessarily what's going to happen the first time, and depending on your circle and who can really provide you advice, I'm coming from the perspective of, I just had my first friend who had a baby this year and like all of us can check in, all we want but like none of us have had this experience that she has at the end of the day so we can be there to give her support but none of us actually know what she's been through
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and so that's why i do i think it's so super um i really think it's important i will say though like shout out to my mom even though like my mom is like the infant whisperer
2: oh. um
0: like the newborn whisperer i was like you know, clearly not for me, but like that woman can literally take a colicky baby and put her in her arms, put the baby in her arms and just like babies love my mom. Tell her to reach out. If
1: she wants to join our team. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I got a part-time gig for you. Now. Yeah, it's so funny my mom we was like like that too, which I think is why me and my sister have like such a knack for women's health and like, yeah you know, babies and moms and
0: stuff. My mom was just like that. I mean, she, lo- like I'm scared of infants. I'm like, you are so delicate. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. scared. Like the whole handoff when people hand their baby, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, like literally put the baby right here. I'm not moving. I don't I don't not moving.
2: And I don't think we mentioned who her sister is.
0: I wanted to talk about that. So, so Leah's sister is Lauren Luke,
2: who yes. was, Oh gosh, what was she on? Must've been a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, she, so also in the women's health field, y'all are just killing it over there.
0: I mean, th- you know what, though, we have had, so we have Lauren on, we had somebody else on, like, we have gotten a lot of really good feedback on these episodes specific for this, because it's something that like, yeah, we talk about, but it's probably not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask, because I don't want to forget, this would be a podcast faux pas, as I say, but it does look like you guys probably book up in terms of, I mean, like just, um, just if you had to give somebody advice, like they were seeking your services, you know, a About because I mean, clearly, like the baby's gonna come, right? (laughs) Like, it's like, oh, you can't do it in March. Can you come? Can you come in June? Okay. So, I mean, about how far does somebody really need to be thinking about this into their pregnancy um, in terms of reaching out to you guys?
1: Yeah, I would say um, by the time they're like 18 weeks. Okay to be reaching out yeah even if it's just to interview and see if it's something they want to do you know um because what happens is we get a lot of like last minute and they're just like oh I just heard about you you know Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are like I didn't know that y'all exist this exists in Baton Rouge and then we don't we're so booked out for about three months out that we often cannot help. And when somebody's like feeling blues and not feeling great, feeling down, um, as far as postpartum support goes, it breaks my heart. Cause I've been there and you just need somebody to come and save you. Um, and so, yeah, reaching out that far in advance for postpartum support, lactation services, um, is fine whenever we have, we usually have availability. So okay. you know, last minute is totally fine. Usually I'll say like, you need to give us at least 48 hours um, because we could be busy for two days at a time. And then we can usually find a spot to see you. And then for birth support, um, same thing about, you know, 20 weeks into your pregnancy ish, we need to know if you're going to want support, you know, and every now and then there's a, there could be like a lull and we might have availability. So even if it's last minute, still reach out because we still have resources and we can send, send you, you know, elsewhere if if possible. And then custom nanny searches, we take six weeks to do that. We ask for six weeks in the contract to do that. Um, But the sooner the better. So even if it could be like eight to 12 weeks out, if you know you're going to need a nanny, um, it's a good idea because sometimes we have a wait list because we won't do more than three nanny custom searches at a time. It's just not fair the families um and so yeah there's wait lists on that sometimes so 12 weeks before you know you're going to need somebody is best and then as far as education goes those prenatal classes breastfeeding classes all of that that needs to happen before 30 35 weeks i say 36 but some people you know you never know what's going to happen so i say by 35 weeks that needs to happen and they need to schedule that um, at least like four weeks in advance.
0: So, are those classes in person or do y'all do them uh, via Zoom? I don't even know. So if that's they possible. can
1: be in person, um, they can be on Zoom. And we have an on demand breastfeeding class, and we're working okay. on some other on demand classes.
2: Look at y'all. Y'all are so advanced.
0: It's like, you know, too bad I'm 41. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Leah exists. Okay. So yeah. um I
1: have patients up to 48. So if you change your mind,
0: <laughs> Lainey, call me No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my uterus is quivering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, like I said, I have my five nephews and I have two dogs and I feel like that's my calling in life. But um, okay, so um, she, oh, about how many nurses or team members do you guys have?
1: Oh, we have... We have seven, we have six nurses. Um, One's a nurse practitioner, one's an NP school, and the rest are RNs. And then we have um, two board certified lactation consultants.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so you kind of like, again, I feel like every woman that we have on this podcast totally glosses over the fact that you literally just started a business from scratch. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's been, what, did you say 10? Yeah, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Like, that is amazing. That is so awesome. But yeah. But you know how fast time flies. It just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, but I mean, I like even after 10 years, it's very obvious, like you're very passionate about it. You want to keep growing. I can definitely tell that you do have a business sense. You are a little entrepreneur, you. Um, (laughs) and that's I mean, this is just really it's it it I love it when somebody starts something that they're super passionate about, but it's also so rewarding and just really there's such a need for it, and you saw that need. So um, you know, somebody else could have just been like, Well, I can't come home, but I'm coming back to work tomorrow, you know, but you just like capitalized on it. I think that's amazing. (laughs) So um, do you have? Yeah, I love it. It's
1: super rewarding. Like you said, it's so rewarding to especially sleep, like helping get babies to sleep and moms that struggle to sleep. There's nothing more rewarding to me like over birth over anything, like something about a mom or anybody just not being able to sleep and not having the tools at all to know how to get to sleep. Like my baby's been sleeping for six hours and I'm just been laying here and I can't sleep. I mean, I, I do consultations sleep. to just help people sleep.
0: I, I literally sleep. actually had thought about that at one point. I was like, you know, cause moms are like, well, the baby sleeps, I'm going to go to sleep. And like, I have had anxiety over sleep for years. Okay, me too. Like, sleep years. Yeah. I'd be like, I can't sleep and I have to sleep and I'm going to be up all night. Like all these things are going to my My business partner
1: and me both have had that. And we both have said we would never wish that on anybody. Like there's other things maybe, but like we would never wish that sleep insomnia where you literally can't sleep. You start spiraling into like, and you're just like, oh my. And you're like my husband, I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. (laughs) I'm never going to go to sleep
0: ever again.
1: (laughs) Yes. And you're like, I just am never going to sleep. What if I don't ever sleep again? And, you know, it's like, I took a Benadryl and I still can't sleep. And uh, anyways, you start feeling weird, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, I dealt with that middle of the night insomnia for a long time. I finally have it under control. But like dealing with my anxiety with that specific situation is what ended up helping me because the more anxious you get, I mean, even if you don't have a baby, like the more anxious yes. you get about it, the mm-hmm. worse you're right, you go spiraling. Exactly. And yep. uh, you know, there's yes. all it's, uh, it's half of it's mental, right? I'm like, I will live yeah, I tomorrow, be.
1: I will, li- I will it actually is.
0: go to sleep.
1: And then for a new mom, your nervous system is jacked up right after you have a baby. Yeah. I mean, you can just like. On mama bear mode, and so it's like you've got to do all the things to get your nervous system settled, and most people don't know how, and you know they're just kind of living on like. So, anyways, I love just doing a consultation just to help a mom get sleep. That is so rewarding for somebody to be like, I slept last
0: night. Yeah, you know, it's life changing too. I mean, I do feel like most new moms is like, oh man, I, you know, that's because I because I personally feel like when I am sleep deprived it's like, I'm living in this fog. Like I probably oh, should not easy. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't even be driving. It almost feels like you're hung over, but you haven't yes. drank anything, you know? So it's, that is a miserable, I mean, it is, it's miserable. It is downright yeah. miserable. And I, when somebody tells me about that, I like, and, and like not a mom, but like, you know, if yeah, I have somebody anyway. that works for us and they're like, I've been stressed, I'm like, okay, let's talk about this because yes. I have been through this and this yeah. is what I do now, <laughs> you know, but
1: in that yeah yeah the
0: parasympathetic nervous system that I hear about that's why I stretch and take deep breaths after I work out so I'm not like in fight or flight all day yeah you got it <laughs> yeah just you know one day at a time though Leah I mean you know two weeks ago I was crying at Laney so crying, crying. <laughs> so you know whatever.
1: well it, you know it all it you have ebbs and flows of it you know what yeah, I mean? it depends on where you
0: are with your stress and
1: what's going on and like did you stay up late were you on your phone you know uh, all kinds of things,
0: yeah. Okay, so um, you do have a business partner who is here. I think you mentioned her a couple of times. Let's talk a little bit about her. You wanted to shout her out. Yes,
1: I do. Yes, she is amazing, and she's the backbone of the business. I do a lot of the business stuff from Austin, but she's the one with the relationships going on um, in Baton Rouge. Her name's Alejandra, and her t- uh, McCall, and she has been my best friend since I was two years old. We grew okay. up on the street together. And um she also became a nurse and she and her husband moved to Minnesota for a while while he was in med school. And when she got, when she lived there, she had her first son and she experienced a loss. And so when she moved back to Baton Rouge, she was like, Leah, I want to start, I want to start a stork here. Like I want to do what you're doing. And she came from like, ICU, like pediatric ICU. I'm like, oh, wow. Are you sure you want to do like, you know, um, but after having that traumatic birth, she was like, no, I want to help other, other moms, like, you know, go through some of the hard parts of being a mom. So, so yeah, we started that together. We both married Andrews. We both are nurses. We grew up on the same street. We're the same person. Basically you get, you know, that is um, funny. she's amazing. And, she's really great. Okay. Yeah, so we,
0: before, so you originally, I think you might've said this, but just so that everybody kind of understands. So you originally opened up Stork in Austin and then Alejandra, am I saying? Her yes. Okay, yes. We're totally not said it like that, but yeah. uh she started the Baton Rouge location mm-hmm. or wanted to partner with you and started exactly. open it up here. Okay. Gotcha. And how long has the Baton Rouge location been open? So I started in 2017.
1: Okay. But we really picked up business like in 2018. Okay. And that's when we had our office at the birth center. And then, um, but yeah, yep. We started in 2018. So how many, is that
0: five years ago? Now? Four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, let's just go back. So if somebody's interested in y'all's services, I'm assuming going to a website or maybe social media is the easiest way to get in touch with you guys.
1: Mm-hmm. You can do it through social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then but I think the easiest way maybe is just to go to um storkbr.com. It's that okay. simple. And then you'll go to the get started page and just fill the form out. It goes directly to us immediately and we're really quick to reply um, to those messages. And then we just schedule a call and figure out whatever it is you need and get you, get you taken care of. Go from
0: there, <laughs> Okay. And then how many children do you guys have?
1: I have three and she has two and okay. they're all seven and under. Oh, mm-hmm. okay.
0: Seems busy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. My, I have two in, in school and both of her boys are in, um, in pre preschool. So. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So I did want to, I did want to end up, you know, we do ask our um, guests for some fun facts. So favorite food. I love this, that basically you love all the different Asian cuisine, but your mom is a hundred percent Italian. So she would be disappointed. And let's remind everyone who your mom is. Cause I don't know. Cause we oh, said, said this when Lauren was on. So who is yeah. your mom? My
1: mom is Jennifer Richardson. She is the Litter Queen of Baton Rouge. I don't know what y'all call her there.
0: Keep Town Beautiful. Yeah, Keep Tiger
1: Town Beautiful. She started that. So we all have that entrepreneurial spirit, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I just kind of feel like y'all's family is just more of, like I said before, y'all see a need for something. And instead of just knowing that there's a need for it, you do something about, you act on it, right? And not everyone can do that because they don't know how and they're not, you know, I'm not an RN, like even if I saw a need for this, I couldn't do it. Um, And I think that's, there's something, you know, there's something to be said about that. And that's really, you know, that's really special. And I mean, you guys are definitely um, changing lives, all three of y'all, like your mom's making this place pretty. Lauren is um, doing uh, pelvic health therapy specifically for pregnant women. And you got, you're, I mean, y'all are just doing a lot of really good things. It's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like (laughs) Leah's like, she doesn't that compliment. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> She's kind of like, okay, thanks, Alyssa. But it's so awesome. This yeah. is how we say to women. Pat yourself on the back. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, Both
1: of my parents are risk takers and that's where it comes from. They both, they're all entrepreneurs, you know, my mom and my dad and my great, my great grandma, my grandma, and they, all the women in my family actually all kind of Started their own thing, and I think that's it's just in our blood. But like you know, when you have a parent that takes risks, you know, you just you're like, oh, there's a need, so I'm gonna take the risk. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So thank you so much, Leah, for being here, and uh, we really appreciate it. So yes, the listeners just go to their website storkbr.com, and that would be the easiest way to get in touch with them. And you keep doing great things, and I, I I know you are changing changing lives and relieving yeah. a lot of anxiety for women <laughs> men and everybody in between <laughs> yes that's our goal thanks for having me ladies I really appreciate it all right it. thanks Leah